Good times. Good times. Um, yay, God, indeed. Um, so these highlights, um, man, sometimes it's great to get the highlight reel, right? Where you get the, the snippets and the snapshots of everything that is going well. <laughs> and uh, I think it's not a coincidence that this week uh, I was spending some time with a group of men and we were talking specifically about our sins and our struggles. I mean, not just sin in general, but the habit sins that we struggle with on an ongoing basis. Um, we were talking about, I was talking about the kinds of sins that I have been dealing with for decades. You know, the kinds of, just the kinds of problems, the kinds of moral failures, the kinds of things that I do that aren't pleasing to God that I just can't seem to kick. And I don't think it's a coincidence because I think that the way that life is, these things go hand in hand. Um, Struggle is a reality. um, And at the same time, the highlights happen not apart from those struggles. And so... We've been looking at, uh, at this idea of a new beginning. Um, we're looking at this book of Haggai, which is this little book in the Old Testament, written a long, long time ago. And Haggai is speaking into the tension that we feel, uh, the, the, where we understand that there's this difference between who we are and who we want to be. You know, there's a difference between the highlight reel that is true. There's nothing, I mean, it's not about being cynical and saying, well, that stuff's not really true. No, 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 this stuff is true and it's real. And yet at the same time, if you're like me, there's stuff that's going on in your life that you're like, man, how can these things happen at the same time? And you feel like, man, I wish I could get a new beginning. Um, And Haggai specifically speaks into the tension of life. You know, why doesn't life seem to work out? Um, And then to have a new beginning, where do you start I was talking to somebody just this week who has just become a Christian, just dedicated his life to Jesus, and he wants to know, well, now what do I do? What do I do? And Haggai speaks to that. Um, God answers this question for us through this book that was written. And it's kind of amazing because this book was written in 520 B.C. Okay, so 2,500 and, what, 35 years later, it still speaks clearly to us today. Today it's going to show you how you can experience a new beginning in your life. Okay, we're going to be looking at Haggai chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 to see how this new beginning happens. So it's in your bulletin. If you want to look there on the inside of your bulletin, there's a place there to take notes. I'm also going to put it up here on the screen. Um, If you can't find it in your Bible, that's okay. You can look in these two places. So let me read this. This is God's word to us this morning. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. So this house, this is God's command. This is actually the secret to a new beginning for you. It's a secret to starting fresh or starting over or starting over again, wherever you are. And it's about building this house. We saw last week in great detail that the house that they're supposed to build is the temple. 
Okay? The house is actually God's house. Here's a picture of it. Um, this was a picture of the temple from the Old Testament. It's this glorious and sacred building where God's presence lived with his people to bless them. The temple was a place where God's presence was and where God met with his people so that his people could experience forgiveness and receive his strength. And so God is telling his people, do this, build this house. Um, Back to these tensions, why doesn't life seem to work out for us? Well, this is why. It's because when we neglect God, when we don't build the house, and we're going to talk about what that means in a sec, when we neglect our relationship with God, of course things aren't going to work out. Of course life isn't going to feel right when the most important relationship that we have is out of whack. Okay, Nothing will feel exactly right if that relationship is off. To have a new beginning, where do you start? Well, verses 7 and 8 tell us exactly where to start. Let's look at them again. Go up the hills and bring the wood and build the house. And so what God is saying here more generally, not as specifically, he's saying, look, devote yourself to me first and then watch what happens. Okay, devote yourself to me first and watch what happens. So back to the struggle and the conversation that I was having um, this week with these guys was, you know what, even in the midst of our struggle, sometimes what God does is he says, hey, look, I know you're looking in. I know you're looking into your heart. I know you're looking into your actions. I know you're looking into your thoughts and you don't like what you see. Hey, right here, just look at me for a minute. Just turn away from the stuff that's going on in your life and your struggles me. Sometimes God doesn't want us to look at ourselves, even our failures. He wants us to look at him and put him first. And so these items in this verse, they show us exactly what this means. Go up to the hills means, hey, you know what? Something needs to get done. It's going to take your time. So I need you to prioritize this. Bring wood. That's talking about the stuff that you own, the stuff that you have. This is your treasure or your money. God is saying, I need, what I'm asking you to do is going to call you to sacrifice, not just your time, but also your treasure. And then he says, build the house. And this is talking about your talents, your your energy, your abilities. God is saying, I want all of you to be devoted to me. He's saying, look, make time for me. Give me a portion of your money. Devote your energy to building my house. And then you will have a new beginning then you will find that life will work out. And we know this isn't just something God said to these obscure people 2,536 years ago, because Jesus says the same thing to us in Matthew 6, verse 33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Right before that, Jesus said, look, I know you're worried about food, I know you're worried about money. I know you're worried about your clothing. I know you're worried about your sustenance. You have a living that you need to provide for. You might have children or a family or people in a relationship that you're trying to support. Look, 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 look. Wait, wait. Stop looking at that stuff for a second. Look at me. Seek first God's kingdom. Seek first his presence in a relationship with him. Seek first the way that he lives. Do that first. And guess what? I'm going to take care of all these other things that you worry about. In the next two weeks, we're going to look more specifically at the things that keep us from this. 
Okay, so please come back. The next two weeks you're going to see it's going to change your life. But this is Jesus saying, look, give yourself to God. Jesus is saying, build the house. Go up the hill, bring the wood, build the house. And, And so we need to adjust a little bit, right? Because we don't today build a temple like what we just saw. That's not our job. We don't have a temple. Um, But actually now, because of Jesus, now we ourselves are the temple. That's what the New Testament teaches us. It says that you are living stones being built up together in a spiritual house where God's spirit dwells. When you believe in Jesus, God puts his spirit in you. And so you have God's presence in you. So God, you are the house of God. We are the house of God. And so when we devote ourselves to being the church, when we devote ourselves to building the church, the tensions that we experience in life become resolved. Where do you start? Build the church. You want a new beginning? Focus your life, a portion of your life, on building the church. Why doesn't life work? Well, it's because, again, we've neglected God. So instead, serve God. And when you serve God, life does work. When God is first, life does work. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, I think I am serving God. I am devoted to Jesus. And yet there's still a lot of stuff in my life that's not working out. Right? And maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm going to show you actually that you're really not devoting yourself to God. Right? All kinds of churches that would preach a message like this and say, if there's anything wrong in your life right now, it's because you're not devoted enough. You have to give more of your time. You have to give more of your money. You have to show up and do more and more and more. And then... When you're truly devoted, God will make these things work out. That's not biblical. That's not Christianity. Okay? That is not what Jesus has to say. Because guess what? If that were true, Jesus would not have found himself on a cross. So, what does it mean for life to work out when we serve God? Well, this is what it means. It means that when God is first in your life, even the stuff that we call bad is part of his plan to make you strong. It's part of his plan to show you and to show the people around you that what he's doing in your life is stronger than the circumstances that are beating you up. Are you with me? I mean, that's what's going on. And so nothing in some ways, I mean, there's bad things that happen to us, yes. There are things that we would beg God not to let happen to us. But when they do, If God is first, we know that those bad things are not our fault. They're not our fault, but God is giving us these things so that we can respond and show that his power in us is stronger than even these circumstances. So that when we are dealing with debilitating circumstances, bad health, relationship problems, issues at work, when we can deal with those things and we can still say, you know what, I'm going to keep loving the people around me. I'm going to keep giving honor and glory to God in the midst of that. When we do that, we show that what God is doing in us is stronger than the darkness. It's stronger than the brokenness of life. We show that Jesus is actually working in us and through us. And so building the church today means living for God. It means deepening your relationship with him and doing what you can to make our church awesome. 
And that's what it means. Building the church calls all of us to invest our time, our talent, and our treasure here at Harbor City Church. So that's what we need to do. You need to use your time, use your energy, use your treasure, your money to serve God and to serve other people. That's how we build God's house today. What's exciting is that this entire service has been story after story after story after story of how we're actually doing this. We're actually doing this. I mean, every highlight. This is exactly what we've been doing all of last year. Right? I want you to see that. We've been building God's house. Right? Every story that you heard, every highlight, every update that you got is an example of a man or a woman or a young person in our church giving their time, their talent, and their treasure and watching God do great things. I mean, that is so incredible. Right? So many of you gave your time, your talent, your treasure. So many of you, are go- you know, last year spent going up the hill, bringing the wood, and building the house. I mean, we have an amazing church. We have a church that I am so thankful to be able to lead. Um, and what we want is we want this next year to make it even better. We want to keep doing what we're doing And when we have more resources, when we have more time, more talent, and more treasure, we want to do even more. We want to do even more. And so I just want to give you, here's just some of the things that are on the agenda for this year. So in 2016, we want new elders, deacons, and deaconesses. Okay? We want to identify men and then women who can lead our church, who can serve our church, and we want to train them to become both officers and then appointed assistants um, in the church. City events, we're going to continue to serve and to celebrate the city. We're going to continue to see what's great in our city of San Diego and celebrate it. We're going to continue to galvanize together and serve the city in tangible ways to make a difference in the name of Jesus. Um, VP2, this is the new Vision Pathways class of 2016 and 17. The, the students that are in, not the students, but the, um, the people that are in Vision Pathways now, They're going to be making a transition. The first year is for them, and the second year is them for someone else. And we're going to be bringing in a new recruiting class. New folks are going to be moving across country to come here to San Diego to serve and to learn and to grow. And there are more of you who are young professionals that we want in this program so that we can use Vision Pathways to develop even homegrown San Diegans to grow and to transform the city. We're going to have new life groups and new life group leaders. That's a constant thing that we're going to be doing. Um, with music, we're building the second band. You know, we got to experience that even already this morning. Um, campus outreach. New Christians are, people are committing their lives to Jesus at Point Loma Nazarene University. There are people who are there and are not Christians but are becoming Christians because Josh and Berkeley are there, and they're giving their lives. They're pouring themselves out on that campus. And people who think they're Christians and aren't, or people who know they're not, are coming to Jesus. And then there are people there on that campus who are growing in discipleship, who are understanding what it's like to actually be discipled, and they're learning how to disciple other people. That's going to continue, and that's going to grow this year. Harbor City Youth. We're gonna, uh, we actually were building a core leadership team right now, and there is hope that by year's end we may have an intern 
that will help take that group to the next level and to grow it so that we can transform the junior high and high school age kids that are part of our church and are connected to our community. And all of this is under the umbrella of a continually renewing vision for discipleship. And this year, this year our emphasis is going to be, we we want you to understand and have a vision for discipleship that applies to everyone, not just leaders. Okay, because sometimes we talk about discipleship in categories that make you feel like, well, I have to be a leader in order to do that, and I'm not a leader, therefore I'm not going to do that. We're going to give you a vision for discipleship that's for the rest of us. Okay, that's for everybody. And I'm really, really excited about that. And so I hope you're excited. This is where we're going. Right? This is what God has in store for us. Um, and as your pastor, along with the elders of this church, we want you to commit. We want you to commit your time, your energy and talent, and your treasure to helping us so that all of us together can build this church. We want to go up the hill want to bring our wood, and we want to build this church. Um, So just practically, the first way I want to talk about is it's financial. And so um, I just want to give you a 2016 financial forecast. Mike, look back. We're going to look forward. 2016. So our general offering last year was $431,000. We brought that in. That's what we brought in. This year, we want to grow that to $457,000. It's a 6% increase. Okay. And I'll talk about this in just a sec. Then for um, total income, so that's your general offering, plus we get some rent money from Catalyst. They rent our space upstairs, and then Moniker pays us every time they use our chairs for an event because these chairs belong to us. Um, and so our total income is bigger than our general offering. And so that's going to be 475 this year. Uh, I'm sorry, it was 475 last year. It's going down to 470, 1% decrease. And that's because we got these enormous gifts from Harbor Wide. And if you have questions about that, you can ask me. And we're not getting those gifts again. Those are one-time gifts. And so we feel like this is a really wise um, estimation of what will come total in to the church. And then our expenses, we're growing our expenses by 4%. So our expenses last year were 451. We're going to grow those expenses, invest more of the money so that we can build the house. And so... So this is where we're going. If you have questions, please, you can ask me. You can ask Mike. You can ask John Lee, um, one of our elders. Um, we'd love to answer any questions that you have. And here's what I, here's what I want you to do with this. Um, so we brought in, we want to increase our general offering by 6%. What does that mean? Well, that means that I want every single one of you to be working toward the place where you are giving a tithe to the church. Okay, where you're giving 10% of your income to the church. And so just very, very clearly, like that means that you live off of 90% of your income. Okay? And so that's the goal. That's what God asks us for. And I've taught about this. I've preached on this before. So I'm not going to go into the details there. Um, and so, but that's, that's the goal that all of us need to be at. Okay? Because that's what God asks, for, asks from us. If you're not there... We always say this, like God is patient, God is understanding. Some of you just need to make that jump now and just start giving at that level because you can. Um, others of you need to work toward that level. And so just very, very practically, like I want you just to look at what the percentage is of your giving now and ask yourself, how can I increase that percentage over the next three months? How can I increase that percentage? Maybe I can go up 1% in the next three months. Maybe I can go up a half a percent. Maybe I can go up 3% in the next three months until you get to that 10%. 
You want to just be in the process. Um, and you've, if you've been around for any length of time, you've heard me say this before. And so for those of you who've heard me say this before, I just want to ask you really quickly, um, is your giving now any different than what it was the last time you heard me say you need to be working toward this? And if it's not, I'm going to press in and ask you why. Because this, this is part of God's priority. God says, if you want to know why your life isn't working out, it could be that you're not bringing the wood. It could be that you're not actually engaging with God in this area that he wants you to. And so part of the reason, part of the justification for growing our, our giving by 6% is that we want you to grow into more of that 10% proportion of your giving. In addition to that, we also know that our church is growing, and so new people that come, they're going to be giving as well. And so we think the 6% or the $26,000 increase in general offering this year will be met in those ways. And then I also want to say, too, that if you're already tithing, if you're giving 10%, um, well done. Well done. I'm not going to say, oh, you know what, you need to give more. Uh, I'm going to say, well done. You're doing what God asks you to do, and you should take comfort in that. Way to go. Way to go. So that's giving um, in, in the finances, in terms of our treasure. But then, in terms of your time and your talent, and I want to encourage you to be following Jesus. Commit to following Jesus this year, right? Let your time and your energy reflect that you want to follow Jesus. If you're not a Christian, I'd encourage you to get into a conversation either with the person who brought you or with me or one of the elders, I mean, um, to talk about what are the claims of Christianity? What does it mean to explore Jesus? We'd love to walk you through that. Um, The Harbor City intro class is next week. That's a great way for you to take a next step, learn more about the church, join the church by becoming a member. Um, We'd love for all of you to be in a life group. There's about 100 people in our church that are in life groups, and we want that number to grow. We want there to be 175 people in life groups this year. And so if you're not in a life group, get into one. Jump into one. Um, And then two, you know, you can step up to lead, actually. Uh, maybe this is a year that, um, that you want to say, you know what, I don't want to just serve in the church, but I actually want to lead. I can organize a team on Sunday morning. You know, we have people that organize our, um, the folks that set up and tear down in the mornings. We have folks that do refreshments, hospitality. Um, we've got, there's a book table now that we're building. And so there's lots of opportunities for you to serve in the church, um, for you to... Um, and even to, to lead others to organize, we'd love for you to do that. If you want to lead a life group, we want to hear about that. Tell us about that. Um, and then also, we'd love for you to take some leadership in the life of someone else. You know, that could be in your life group, but just take responsibility for somebody else in the sense of, hey, I want to ask this person how they're doing with Jesus. That's a discipling relationship. And we'd like you to be in a relationship where you are knowing what's going on spiritually in someone else's life and God is using you to encourage their spiritual growth. And so if you want to know more about any of this stuff or if you want to commit to any of these things, these connection cards are a great way to let us know because we want to come alongside you. If you need training, if you need development, we would love to help you get to a place where God can use you to help build the church help build his house. Here's what is most exciting 
to me about all of this is that when we do this, when you go up the hill, when you bring your wood, when you build the house, right? When you invest and you commit to building this church, look what God says in verse 8. Go up to the hills, bring wood, and build the house. Look at this. That I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. When you commit to Jesus and you begin to take steps that demonstrate that you want to build God's house, God takes great delight. Have you ever wondered if there was something that you could do that would put a smile on the face of God? A lot of people think that, well, doing the right thing is ordinary and it's expected. But look at what this verse says that when you do what God asks you to do, he is delighted. He takes pleasure in it. Man, our devotion, our commitment to him is a delight to God. It matters to him. It thrills God's heart. Man, we can know, you can know that you have pleased him. You can know that he is happy. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing like remembering that when I'm stuck thinking about the sins that I cannot break out of. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it because I realize and I remember, oh man, God, yes, I have this struggle and it's painful, it's debilitating, it is frustrating, it is grieving my heart. And yet, at the same time, God, you're using me. You're with me. And somehow, struggles and all, because I love you and I'm doing my best. Man, you can use me to change other people. You can use me. And when I do these things, you're delighted. You're delighted. Man, that's a big deal. Knowing that we've pleased him, it gives us peace in every circumstance. Because no matter what happens, no matter what goes right or wrong in our lives, no matter what works out outwardly, we know that we are honoring him. We know that we're doing what he wants. And if he is pleased, that's all that matters. John Piper is a pastor in Minnesota, and he's an amazing preacher. Um, He says this. He says, God is infinitely worthy and honorable. He is infinitely worthy and honorable. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, wait, hold on. So therefore, devotion to God, putting him first, is an act of infinite value and truly infinite accomplishment. I want to see us continue to grow to be an amazing church. More than that, I want you, I want every single one of you to know for sure that by the things that you say and think and do, you are offering to God sacrifices and gifts of infinite worth. I want you to know that as difficult as it is to please the people that are around us, in our families, in our workplace, our friends, 
it is, it's like trying to keep the, the plates all spinning to keep the people around us happy. And I want you to know for sure, I want you to know for sure that in the midst of all of the uncertainty in every other relationship that you have, that you are providing to God and for God gifts that are infinitely valuable and put a smile on his face. Are you with me? 2016 lies before us. Man, let's build this church so that it can renew the city. Pray with me. Jesus, we are so thankful to you. We are so grateful that in the midst of the chaos and the struggles of our lives, that you cut through that and you grab a hold of us and you tell us to look at you. And I pray now, Jesus, that all of us would look into your face to see you crucified for our sins and risen from the dead, smiling as you come with open arms to receive our devotion. Jesus, would you lead each one of us to give to you our time, our talent, and our treasure this year. Help each one of us to be able to get involved in this church, to serve, to give, to care, and to worship you so that together we would be this collective group that is lifting up acts and gifts of infinite worth to you. Thank you for receiving our gifts. We know that by themselves are not worthy, but it's your sacrifice that makes them worthy. It's your love that receives them as a father does the gifts of his children. And Jesus, for those who are here and are not Christians, I pray that they would see this and want to walk this path with us. Would you bring them to a place where they are willing to turn their lives to follow you? In all of this we pray so that you would be honored and glorified. Amen.